Are you a sexy, indulgent musician suffering from consistent long hours, crippling self-doubt, and constant disappointment? Well, do we have a show for you. Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment, a bi-weekly deep dive into what it takes to be a healthy and successful musician in the modern industry. My name is Melody Kaiser. And I'm Dustin Williams. And we are both full-time musicians and creative entrepreneurs. And today we are discussing some songwriting tips and techniques. For musicians, songwriting is often a step that comes maybe later in their musical development. Um, however, it is a great way to learn about yourself as a musician, uh, lyricist, and overall person, really. Um, and it's arguably one of the best forms of musical expression where you really get to just like, it's your story. You, right. you, you get to make all the decisions. Um, and while there is definitely like not a right or a wrong way to create um, or write songs, you know, uh, we, we decided we'd compile some, some helpful tips that uh, we've used for us to um, help write songs and to stay creative and uh, hopefully uh, it'll help you too. Yeah. I mean, so I think this is my opinion on it. I think that a lot of people feel really intimidated by songwriting, mm. uh, both on the musical side and on the um, lyrical side of it. A lot of people, I feel like, just don't believe that they have the ability to create something like that within yeah, themselves, yeah. Um, which I mean, honestly, some people may not. But I think for the most part, pretty much anybody can write a song. Yeah. And your first song probably won't be your best song that you're ever going to write. And no. that's okay. Like, you know, thankfully, nobody has a gun to your head telling you to write a song. So <laughs> In most cases. You know, yeah, I don't know. Your life may be way more interesting than mine. But, um, you know, just look at it as like a growing or a growth process. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to work on it just like you did practicing your instrument or your vocals or anything else like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, Dustin, what would you say is kind of like, we're, let's talk about like headspace and okay. kind of like setting the mood and the environment. Like what helps you when you go to write a song or be creative? Because it's very different than like your headspace when you're trying to like practice something technical or absolutely you know. yeah 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 it's definitely different if i'm just like you know working on scales or something but yeah if i'm writing um so a big thing uh for me is is physical environment and mm -hmm. i've mentioned this kind of in in the previous episode and and i think our first one um how like setting the right environment can really help you be more productive um so you know again that's your physical space it's how you set up your gear how the room looks the lighting things like that um are really important for me i guess and, and i didn't used to think that was the case um right but, you know and it's not like it has to be this perfect setting i should clarify too like i i obviously like you know i, I can be like driving down the road and like start songwriting in my head and you know so it just really depends on the environment i think um you know if my mind is really like cluttered or like overfilled with a lot of stuff though it's definitely harder for me to write like um even even being like a, a session player <clears throat> if i'm uh doing a new gig maybe that i haven't really done as much like it's a new band new new material i'm i'm usually shedding that a lot more in the early days mm -hmm. you know just to get comfortable with the material and when i do that sometimes it's like my creative capacity is kind of taken up 
in that space, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, I could see that. And, and part of it is, is I think because like, at least in my, in my situation, like a lot of the time when I, when I do play with other people, like they might have recordings that have baselines on them, but most people are like, well, you know, like get the general foundation and then kind of do your thing with it. So I get to be creative with that. So it's still like, in a way, like fulfilling some of that songwriting, like desire, I guess, mm -hmm. because I'm like writing a part that I think suits the music. And even if it's not going to be recorded, you know, for the live show, I feel like, you know, more um, connected to it when I do stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me. Um, and going back to what you were talking about, it's like it comes in different ways. That's definitely true for me. Like there have been moments where I sit down to like, finish up an idea that I had usually how it starts for me though is all because I I just sing a lot mm -hmm. it's, I just it, it annoys everybody else I'm sure but I just um like I'm the kind of person like when I'm cooking I'm like I got the butter and now I'm putting butter in the pan and now it's fine. <laughs> you know, like that's me it's great it's me I so, love it I love so it. like I do that all the time so um I will all every once in a while I have an idea that's better than that <laughs> and for right. me it's really important like I need to record it in my phone as a voice memo like mm. right then yeah because yeah. even if I stand there and keep singing it by the time I'm five minutes in it's totally different yeah than when I started yeah, singing yeah, yeah. it mm -hmm. like all of a sudden it's like swung tempo and like <laughs> you know sounds like a Billie Holiday song yeah, or something right. so um, that's really important for me is like, as soon as you have an idea, even if it's not what you consider good or like developed, I think it's important just to at least document it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, and I've heard stories about some of the most famous best songs in the world. <laughs> um, you know, I think this may be wrong, but I think Billy Jean, they took, they did like 40 takes of like the vocals and then they ended up going with take two. Really? And it's just wow. like, yeah. So like, you know, that happens a lot. That's, I think. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you, you're thinking like, oh, well, I think it could be better or different. And then you get all of your ideas out and you're like, oh, no, like the first one was probably the best one. Yeah. But it's, it's important to get all of them down, I think. So that's really important for me. I try to voice memo everything. Um, and you know that because we've mm -hmm. written songs together and like literally I'll be like, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I need a voice memo. This. We, where, where were we the other day? Where was it? Oh, it was um, when we were... Uh, we were hanging out and you were making that Cajun pasta. Yeah. And we went to Kroger to go get some of the stuff for it. And you were like walking down the aisle singing into your phone. And I'm yeah. like, what <laughs> it's a thing. And it's not even like, it's not even like always vocal, lyrical stuff. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I'm just like, I want the drums to go do, 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 do. Like, <laughs> and sometimes I go back and listen to them and I'm like, wow, that was garbage. That yeah. was the worst idea you've ever had. But. I wouldn't know if I didn't get it down. Well, yeah. Well, so. and and I think speaking of Michael Jackson, I, I I could also be mistaken here, but I've I've heard that um, a lot of the time he would come into the studio with ideas, and it would just he would just lay down like beatbox and like like vocal instrumental yeah, sure. essentially, so that that he can reference them to people later. You know. Yeah. Um, because he didn't really play like physical instruments, so that was kind of his way of right. You know, I mean, yeah, I do know. Yeah. And, and that's something, you know, that I kind of wanted to bring up too. like, just to write a song, you don't have to be like an instrumentalist 
or you know, you definitely don't have to be a, a great instrumentalist. Like mm-hmm. you can know like a basic idea. I mean, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac is for the most part two chords the whole time. Yeah. So like yeah. you know, you don't have to be and that's one of the best songs of all time. So it's like <laughs> you don't have to be like amazing just to like write a song. Um but also there are lots of resources. Say that you clicked on this episode because you are really interested in songwriting, but you don't know how to play anything. Well, like one of the great things about songwriting and just kind of music in general is a lot of songs are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Like they're the yeah. same chord progressions. They're the same, you know, whatever. You try not to copy the same melody, but we'll course, get into that yeah. later. But <laughs> yeah. um, like a lot of songs are the same. So there are resources. You can just go to YouTube and look up like backing tracks and they're basically just like common chord progressions and like a band's playing to them. And you could write your lyrics to that. That's actually and very it, true. And yeah. it would be like a legit song because like most songs, not most songs, but a lot of songs like do kind of follow the same chords. Yeah. Yeah. So, Arra- arrangement is really where things start to change. Right. right. Yeah. So don't feel like you aren't capable of doing that just because you don't know how to play an instrument. Because there are like a lot of like Internet resources out there to kind of help you with that part of it. Um, and, and that's not even mentioning, like there are um, places like Fiverr and stuff like that where you can pay, um, and it's on different scales. You Some of them are really cheap. Like you mm-hmm. can pay somebody $5 yeah. to like write the music to your song. Yeah. I, I doubt for $5 it's gonna be great, but you get the gist. <laughs> like right. there are things that you can do. Um, so don't let that deter you because um, there, there are plenty of people out there who have written amazing songs that didn't know how to play instruments. Speaking of the um, the thing you were mentioning about, like, you know, pulling up a backing track video on yeah. YouTube or something like that's that's what I would consider maybe like a writing exercise, right? And you were telling me recently about a writing exercise that you do, um, like a, a thought flow thing. Yeah. Um, can, can you talk about that? Because I think it's really cool. Yeah. So um, I am definitely, I've learned this about myself. I'm not the kind of person where like, I can just follow like a rhyme scheme or like a feel and like write amazing lyrics. That's just not. I mean, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great at it. Like I can come up with like rhymey words, but sure. they're usually not great because I'm just like, what rhymes with time? Dime. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I need to write this song about money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just stupid. So, but you know, um, maybe that's for some people, that's how they write. So, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But like, works. I'm not good at it. Yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, so there are some people out there that are amazing at it, yeah. but I can't do that. So, kind of how I've done it is if I have a topic um, that I, I know what I want to write my song about, I just have like a free flow <laughs> paragraph form. I just like word vomit Mm -hmm. the whole thing. So, you know, say I want to like this song, I want to be about depression. So like I will, um, you know, literally just like paragraph form, like, you know, today was a hard day, addiction pills, blah, 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 you know, and I'll just like free form anything that comes to mind. I'll just write it out. And so um from that, I'll have that at the top of the paper. And then from that, now I can like, look, were there any like good ideas first? And then are there any ideas that would flow and rhyme? Uh, how could mm. I put them together in a way that kind of tells more of a story? Um, so that has worked for me. I've written several, several songs that way. Um, I, I just, I think that's really cool because it, it, it keeps you from putting yourself in a box where you're forced to write, uh, like, 
like you said, like a particular rhyme scheme or a particular, you know, like you can figure that out later if you right. do want to make more of a rhyme or more of like a, you know, A, B, A, C kind of situation. But like um, just getting the initial idea out. I mean, you know, writers, like novel writers talk about it all the time about like, you know, they, they force themselves to sit down every day and write. And even if it's one word, it's still something, right? Right. So it's just like habitual creativity right. which we've also talked about yeah before. i mean and i think that that's really important yeah and so speaking of that something that i learned to do in college like every single lyric writing songwriting thing i did in college this was like a daily part of the class you like you had to do like a daily discussion post mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. and so what it was is it was called object writing um so every day they get gave you an object in the class but if you're not taking the class basically every day you just pick an object and the weirder it is, the better it actually is. Mm-hmm. So like refrigerator, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you just like, and they, you give yourself different times. So like two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. I mean, it just depends on what you feel like in mm-hmm. that moment. And like, how long can you talk about a refrigerator? But you'd be surprised. Cause if you force yourself, like I have to continually write for 10 minutes, like it starts with just like cold, um, ice, <laughs> freezer um food and then by the end of it you're like you know frigid air um industrialism um capitalist yeah <laughs> you know racism <laughs> you know and that, <laughs> it just so, like, goes in all by the end yeah. of it you're like whoa like we got way off how the hell did i end up here yeah <laughs> from refrigerator mm-hmm. but um it's actually pretty cool and um some objects are obviously like refrigerator would be a hard one for me but Um, some objects you'd actually be surprised about yeah, because they may like uh, trigger like a sentimental memory. And then Mm -hmm. before you know it, you're like writing about your granddad and how he loved to take you fishing. And so it's really cool. Um, And (laughs) they obviously advise you to do it every single day. I'm not great. I don't do it every single day. Well, (laughs) I was going to say, though, I feel like it's almost more like a controlled version of something that happens to probably a lot of people which is just when you're like when you're doing something i i I can't you know speak for anybody but myself but i know like if, if i'm more idle or if i'm doing something that's less like intellectually stimulating washing dishes sweeping the floor you know stuff like that right. spilling coffee on my leg um uh you know like because they're such like menial tasks your brain flows places and mine does anyway so like you know i can be washing dishes and then just have this like intense emotion coursing through me because i'm thinking about some like serious situation you know that i'm dealing with or was dealing with like years ago and because my mind has nothing else to do other than i need to get this dried up piece of chicken off of this plate <laughs> like <laughs> you know what i mean i do so yeah. um so I think it's actually like for those of you listening who are like, oh, I don't know if I can be like in that form of free thought, like you probably do it a lot. And this is just like the written version of it. It's like just writing down, you know, when people say like, write your dreams down, it's kind of the same thing. Right. Right. And I will say to you, like generally they do advise you and I don't know who they is, but like I've heard my whole life, like try to like handwrite it because typing, mm-hmm. um, is obviously a lot faster, but a lot of times your brain doesn't work as fast as you want to type. So mm-hmm. like with handwriting, like it kind of is slow enough where you can actually have like really thought out <laughs> thoughts basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that it's not sense. just like, cause everybody's so 
good at typing nowadays. Like yeah. <laughs> It's like your brain can't even come up with ideas as fast as you want to type. So a lot of people get stuck. That makes sense. For that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so can I see think that. Try, to, try to get a, like a journal or a notebook and your hand's probably going to hurt for the first time in a long time. <laughs> I do that all the time. Every time I pick up a pen, I'm like, oh, I need to practice this more. Yeah. I feel like I'm in high school again. Um, <laughs> but that's like, okay. Don't we so, always feel like that? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> so that's like if you're writing from like a topic. Like sure. if you've mm-hmm. picked a topic, you know, like uh, like I said earlier, like, oh, I want to write this song about depression. But that's not always like the way that songwriting will present itself. Like yeah. sometimes you'll have like a really cool song title mm-hmm. and you'll be like oh, oh yeah. wow like now i want to write a song about this and that in some ways is a lot harder yeah because <laughs> like topics are very general but like honestly in my opinion if you have the title already you've already like done half the battle yeah because you've got your hook in in most cases right right so you kind of already know whatever the rhythm of what you've come up with um whatever natural rhythm you say that in is probably how the song's kind of gonna gonna kind of go yeah yeah there's gonna be a way that you you make the music kind of flow around the the cadence of the words like if it's like surprise party this is an awful example but like how you say it surprise party so it's probably most likely gonna be in like four or like a swung surprise party Right. Yeah, but you kind of already know, like, you know, from how you say that rhythm, how it's going to kind of go. So that's cool. Um, But then coming up with the rest of the song is super hard because especially in that example, this is maybe a good example for this reason, but... Uh, like, how do you write a song about that without it being like super cheesy and a awful. party song? Yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> unless it goes the complete opposite direction and it's like, like, like actually just like a really dark take on like, like, you know, the like, surprise party that just like ruined your life. Ooh, yeah. Maybe like, so maybe like the song is called surprise party and the whole song's about like you killed somebody and you're trying to hide the body <laughs> and then you show up to your apartment and everybody's like, surprise. Oh, and you just dude. have like a dead body in a bag and you're just like, everybody that... just caught me. Like all of my friends and family now see me. <laughs> so maybe you better it, hope you have an October birthday. Maybe it's about that. <laughs> Actually, there's, um, <laughs> there's a, uh, a movie on hulu i think yeah yeah um hulu has this is just a complete side story but yeah. hulu has this like horror series that they do and there's this one um the uh uh you know movie the anthology series, series. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. An anthology that's yeah. what i'm trying to say and and i forget what the title of it but it's, it's either like the hitman or like the body bag or something like that and it's basically this this hitman who kills someone and then it's like on halloween and then um like all these things happen that just like make his circumstances like wilder and wilder and he's just yeah. trying to like get rid of this body but now like everyone thinks he it's like his halloween costume and so he's like dragging this body through the streets That's and a, nobody's even looking because it's just like it would oh, be yeah. really easy to get away with a murder on halloween for sure for <laughs> sure like, yeah. oh it's the decoration <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's pretty realistic <laughs> but yeah i mean that just shows like you know, it's really fun to be creative. So that was an example of like how my brain works. So mm-hmm. we went from surprise party to like dead body in a bag. And so like maybe that's what your song's about. Maybe it's a metal song and not a funk song. So right. there you go. Yeah. But, um, you know, like 
that would actually be like a weird concept. I would try to finish the song. Honestly, on that. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it yeah. could just be like nerve wracking and stressful and that whole thing. So like be open to how your brain works and be open to your ideas. But I know, Dustin, you were telling me, and I've noticed this with your songwriting, is you follow your melodies and lyrics and kind of everything follows whatever your main rhythm and like groove is. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's maybe because you're like a bass player. Um, yeah, so that's probably. naturally <laughs> what you think on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, um, do you want to talk about that? Because that's definitely a different approach too. Like your lyric writing would be more rhythmic. It is. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, it's definitely rhythmic. Yeah. Um, like some of the songs, I, I don't, I definitely don't like do lead vocals a lot um, in like in most situations, but there's like a couple songs that um, my jam band Casual Cadenza plays that I wrote the lyrics uh, and melody for. Um, two, two that I wrote, pretty much wrote, and then one that me and, and the um, drummer Kyle kind of like co wrote. Um, but anyway. Um, my lyrics definitely are more, uh, rhythmic focused and, and like, it doesn't mean that they're like, like always syncopated a very specific way, you know, like with the instrumentation, but a lot of it's like counter rhythm or something like that mm -hmm. off rhythms. Um, I, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. Like lyrically, like, you know, just to talk on that too, I'm like, none of my lyrics tend to like tell a coherent story <laughs> like they're, I mean, that's okay. they're a little bit weird they're maybe more like almost like incubus like free poetry kind of way yeah it kind of is free poetry yeah. which is like totally cool. a way you can write you know and and um so it's because to me it's it's the melody and and i know we've talked about this before but the melody and and the and the rhythm like the the instrumentation and and then the interaction of that with the melody is what i pay attention to over lyrics like 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. Like if, if I'm listening to like hip hop, it's different because it, it is more about the lyrics and more about the, the rhythmic cadence. So I'm more focused on the lyrics there. But most of the time, like, yeah, I'm, I'm much more interested in just the melody right. um, and how that weaves through it. And I mean, that's um, super important because like if you think, I think this is a really good example of like rhythmic songwriting is, mm -hmm. you know, that viral TikTok thing. I don't, I don't remember the name of the band and I feel bad for that, but it's the, um, strut my stuff, do to do, strut my stuff, fall over to you. you, oh, I, you I like yeah. your strut. Yeah, you yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, strut, okay. So like the song's kind of a goobery song. Like mm -hmm. it's, it reminds me a little bit of like a talking heads kind of like totally David weird. Byrne thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like it's super popular and viral right now. And so, um, and basically, I mean, that's just a rhythmic thing. Da 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 da. Yeah. Da 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 da. Like if you yeah. heard it on a snare drum, you would probably know immediately what song it yeah. is without the lyrics <laughs> or anything. So, that's true. Um, that's true. So I think that's like a good example. But um, yeah, I mean, there's tons of ways to, um, you know, kind of write melodies and. Um, Ooh. It, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, interrupt. you're good. Go ahead. Um, uh, it just popped into my mind one one thing that I, I do sometimes um, in addition to like the way I might rhythmically write. And this is whether it's, you know, just me or if I'm collaborating with other people. Um, and that's something I think we should speak on to collaboration. But um, before we get there, um, I sometimes if I'm like writing a song or have an idea and the chord progression is either for me just too generic for what I'm looking for or it's just not hitting home. Um, this is where like some theory knowledge really helps. 
Um, and of course, you know, per the last episode, like, uh, or, or, you know, a couple episodes ago, theory is not necessary to be a writer, to be creative. But um, for me, I found it helpful where instead of playing, you know, for example, like uh, a one, uh, one, five, six, four, right? Mm -hmm. So like in the, in the key of C major, for those listening, um, that's a C major, a G major, an A minor, and an F major chord. Um, so maybe instead of playing those standard chords, um, I might f play a chord that uses some of the same notes of the, um, maybe the A minor chord. Like instead of playing an A minor, um, maybe I'll play like, um, or sorry, I mean, there's no, so yeah, many I mean, there's possibilities, so many, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you could just, you could play an A major. I mean, that's, that's just like dominant substitution right there. You can right. just play an A7, but, but what I might do is play like, instead of, c g a minor f i might do c g a minor b flat and use some of the notes of the b flat because there's a b flat in the key of f or in the chord of of f like yeah you know so there's like um well there's not in the chord of f but you get my point yeah I'm with you. <laughs> you know like it, it offers a, a flat seven substitution into the key that like just offers something a little bit different but it, functionally the chord plays the same role you know it's just kind yeah. of like different <laughs> so no, i guess my I point is just yeah. like using a little bit of theory knowledge you can choose a different chord progression you know that still works because like some of the notes carry over you know what i mean yeah and i think i mean it almost kind of seems like common sense but kind of what i was talking about earlier where if you don't know how to play a musical instrument at all like you can look up backing tracks and like really common chord progressions. But if you do know some music theory, like you can definitely use that to get more experimental with mm -hmm. your songwriting. Yeah. And, um, I think a good example of that would be like Radiohead. Oh, yeah. Or like you were saying Incubus. Yeah. Or um, Nirvana had some weird one. David Bowie. Yeah. Had a lot of like, oh, that was an interesting choice. Like I would never have thought to go there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, even the, you know, overuse the, the classic example of but the beatles like right you know uh, they did that all the time yeah all the time they were very creative with like some of their key changes and mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah i mean all of those are great examples of like um you know if you are interested in writing some songs like that it would really help um go back and listen to our second episode about music theory um and how it could be useful to you um depending on your goals but um, it, it would really help to to learn an instrument or even if it's just picking around on a piano, you don't even really have to know what you're doing exactly, but just having the ability to just play around with something um, could yeah. really help. Yeah. Um, use your ear to kind of guide you. Um, and, and piano is just like such a great instrument. I honestly, I think anyone who's getting started in music for the first time should like play a piano yeah, well, it's <laughs> and, and linear, people, which yeah. you know we'll talk about probably in a different episode like in depth because piano really is like um it's the easiest instrument to visualize basically music theory on it's, it's yeah every concept is just linearly laid out <laughs> well, so you don't have to exactly you know, and and also like you know versus a guitar where if like if your left hand is like slightly off the fret in the wrong way you won't get right. the note but a piano it's like press it down yeah. bam there's your note you right know, unless your piano is way out of tune but and like, guitar you know guitar has you can um, guitar bass I mean violin cello any stringed instrument 
there's multiple ways to play the same note mm-hmm. in multiple yeah. places on that instrument. Yeah. So that makes everything way harder. Like on a piano, there's literally only one key that you can hit that's going to be that note in that octave. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, while that kind of does present some challenges, because um, say you're down here and the key one hits all the way over here. Yeah. But um, people make it work. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it happens all the time. So, um, but that would be a really good thing to just invest in. Like, don't spend a lot of money if this is your first, you know, get like a Casio entry level thing yeah, and definitely. just like beat yeah. around on it. And like, you're probably going to write melodies, even if you just one finger, <laughs> one finger plays each key, you're yeah. going to probably come up with some melody. So, I think that that would be really useful to those who have no um, knowledge of music theory. Um, I think that would be really, really helpful to you with songwriting as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think um, this should be said. I think it's really important too to like listen to as much music as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of open up your mind to like possibilities you may have not heard before. Um, but also like I make it a point for myself, um, to not listen to music while I'm actively in the process of writing a song. Cause I yeah, kind of find definitely. like, I start to kind of like go in that way of whatever song you're listening to and like mimic stuff that they're doing. And, you know, it just kind of, it's just introducing ideas to your unique creative process so yeah yeah you know, and it, it, it's kind of hard for me what do you think about that well i i agree like i i think you know when i'm writing i don't like to reference stuff too much that said if you are if you're a little further along in the writing process i think it actually starts to become a little more acceptable as you go because the the, the further you are into the song i think the more like kind of committed you are to it so like you're not going to change things as much and what and like i guess the way i what i'm trying to say is like if you start like laying down a demo mm-hmm. and you are especially this is really i guess more of a thing especially if you're collaborating but even if you're not collaborating um pulling up a reference can be good if you're like oh, i want to get this kind of guitar tone but i'm not really sure what to do you can like pull it up listen to it and then like you know if you have some plugins or something just like scroll through them until you find something that kind of fits the vibe or you know so i think in that case like a little bit of outside influence can be good um but you definitely have to be careful with it because it's super easy to um to accidentally steal mel i mean yeah. I, I don't know if this was accidental or not but you know i think it was it robin thick who was in like a lawsuit with oh, the petty yeah. estate no, it was Marvin Gaye. It was Marvin Gaye. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, for... Um, uh, blurred Lines. Blurred Lines, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was, you know... There was somebody was else of... that was in something with Petty, though. Um, Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you just... It's really easy to, like, just transform whatever you're on to exactly what that is when you listen to other music. But, I mean, we've done it before. Like, if... And it's more for, like, finding tones and, like, specific, like, guitar parts or bass parts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've referenced stuff, but I don't think I, I wouldn't like recommend to like, while you're trying to write a song, just like listen to what this person did and try to make it just like that. Oh no, that's actually yeah. kind of like a pet peeve. If if I'm like writing with somebody and then they're like, oh, but like, how about this song? And then they pull up like six different examples every couple minutes. And it's like, dude, now the flow is fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know. Uh, I agree. So, um, you know, eat to each their own, but um, it, it definitely doesn't work for me. Um, you know, I think too, um, just kind of going with like familiarizing yourself with the musical part of it. I mm. think it's really important for the lyrical part of it to really try to, oh, this is going to sound obvious, but really familiarize yourself with language mm. and skill. And and yeah. when you go into the music theory part of it, when you can blend those together, like understanding like phonetics and how rhythm, how, how language rhythms work, and then you can apply that to like musical rhythms, mm -hmm. that's like really kind of steps up the whole process, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Cause it's it, one of the, and it's not really a pet peeve cause I like songs that don't do it, but um, it is really common to hear like, I guess the, like these lyrics don't flow over this, what's being played. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what like a common um, non-musical person would describe it as probably is just like, there's no flow here. Um, but there's probably more to it than that kind of going to, into music theory a little bit more. So just familiarizing yourself with not only music theory, but also just the language itself. So like yeah. stresses, stresses are huge in, you know, writing lyrics, like where you put the emphasis. Um, and that, you know, that's kind of more of like an advanced melody writing thing that I remember um, going over in school is like, if it feels weird to say it on an accent, don't put it on the one. Oh, you know what I yeah. mean? Like uh -huh. if it feels weird when you to just speak it and be like, I'm from Boise, Idaho, <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe don't put C on the one, you know, yeah, or like yeah. the, the accented B. It doesn't have to be the one, but usually that is like the most accented B. Um, so just, you know, knowing kind of that kind of stuff or like um, how many syllables can I fit into this rhythm before it just sounds like. Like you're forcing. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, in forms of speech, like being able to get kind of more advanced and creative with just how you present a thought, how you say something. Um, that's, you know, kind of a more advanced lyric writing. All of it is, but uh, it's really important, it, you know, and the more you progress, it would kind of become probably more common in your mm. writing. I doubt your first songs probably gonna have tons of problems. It's your first song. My first song definitely <laughs> had a lot of problems. Going back right. and listening to it, I'm like, ugh. But yeah, I was like, it's not, it's not great. Well, um, would you say it's, I mean, I, I, this is what I think, so I, I, I don't know, but um, my favorite, at least as, as people, as far as what I know about them, my favorite lyricists, like you and Dylan are some of my favorite lyricists. I love oh. the way you both write and you're totally different in how you write. But, <laughs> Very. but Dylan's awesome. <laughs> you're both such great. Dylan Hansen, a gamma star. Check it out. Shout out. Um, but yeah, um, you guys are both like readers too. Mm -hmm. Like you both like to read books. Yeah. Um, and and just read in general, I feel like, you know, like that kind of coincides with writing. It's like, usually the better musicians are the ones who listen to a lot of music, a lot of different types of music. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they're listening to it all day, every day. and doesn't mean you're reading all day, every day. But, yeah. you know, people who read tend to just have a bigger vocabulary and, and a bigger um, phrasing uh, vocabulary too. So not just like the words they choose, but how they phrase words and how they orchestrate or sorry, um, construct uh, sentences and, and, you know, things like that. So I, I think if you are wanting to be, 
a better lyricist. And it's like really a desire you have, like you, you need to read more, Yeah, you know, and it doesn't matter what you read necessarily, if, unless it's like tabloids, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, even that could I'd be probably interesting. make you a great pop songwriter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, if you want to, if you want to have like some depth, like read, read stuff that has depth to you, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be yeah. fictional or nonfiction, but you know, I think for me too, like, and this is just kind of my personality, but like, I try to also read like classics and like poetry, mm. which, which kind of is like a trendy, like hipster thing, but like, it really is different because language has changed so, so much. much. So, yeah. you know, like reading on the road by Jack Kerouac, like how they talked in the 1950s is and 40s is going to be totally different than, you know, anything that you could hear today mm -hmm. come out of somebody's mouth. So um, just kind of like, you know, be experimental with that part, too. Um, probably one of the strangest things that I've ever gotten, because I always get books for Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's like what everybody gets me yeah. in my family. So one year <laughs> my sister um, got me like this Jim Morrison poetry book. It was called like The Lord of uh, something I don't remember. It's probably one of the only ones. So. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> God, <laughs> That's no. J.R.R. Tolkien. No, no, it was like the Lord of the uh, Rock and Roll or something okay. like that. Um, I don't remember. That's not right. But um, you know, like Jim Morrison had some like weird freeform poetry. Like, mm. um, so even with that, like while you're reading poetry, like trying to like dissect it, like, ooh, well, what do they mean when they say like? Yeah this you know and you could look at it on surface level but usually there's like some metaphor or mm -hmm. something there that can be really helpful when you go to write your own stuff because you're like well i remember this one time you know i read this thing that was this metaphor blah 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 so um you know just kind of being more analytical in everything yeah. is gonna make yeah. you a better lyricist yeah um and probably musician too but definitely definitely lyricist um so, I, I mean, you know, I think it's really important um, to just be patient with yourself. Um, try to make a habit out of it. Um, be open, if you, especially if you're writing with others. Oh, um, yeah. That's be huge. Be open to ideas. Like, try not to get, like, stuck in, like, what you think it should be. Like, it could turn into something new and fresh because you listen to what somebody else wants to say. Yes. Which is, yes. That, so... sh that should be the goal is to be new and fresh. Like yeah. you don't want to just like be like Radiohead part two, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. They're well, bringing in all of their influences and stuff. So, and I mean, we could do a whole episode on how to songwrite and collaborate with other people. Cause there's a lot that goes into that, I think, but we should. you know, yeah, we should, but, <laughs> we should. but yeah, you're right. I think, um, you know, just to touch the surface there, like, you know, being open-minded, I used to struggle with that a little bit um, when I was younger and in the sense that like if somebody didn't didn't necessarily like the way I was doing something or thought it should be slightly different, like it used to feel a little more personal. And I think that's just kind of like something you growing up grow. Yeah, it's growing up. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be music. It could be, you know, how you make your grilled cheese sandwiches. You know, I still <laughs> sometimes get my feelings hurt if somebody's like like. <laughs> doesn't like a part mm -hmm. yeah but like i mean it is what it is i mean i think i think it's it delivery too it's like how right. the person says it so like there's a two-way street right sure like, you yeah, know, yeah you you need to be receptive to what your bandmates think because you know sometimes they may not be able to articulate exactly what they mean especially if they don't know theory or they don't know you know your reference points but 
at the same time, I think if you're going to deliver an idea to somebody, if you're going to criticize an idea, like there is a right and a wrong way to do it. So, of course, you know, and, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is an example that I've thought about before because I, you know, just kind of self-reflective. But I've thought like if I was in the session or whatever where like Coltrane brought in giant steps, mm-hmm. I would probably be like, I don't know, John, like, this is a lot. Like, you're right. kind of all over the place. Like, I don't really feel like the melody is very, like, voice-led. You're just kind of, like, jumping fifths everywhere. Like, you know, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't sound like anything else you've ever heard. Yeah. So I would probably shoot it down. And now I'm like, you know. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, you totally, know, like, totally. just. You know, just I mean, I think most people get it. It's it's just like having a relationship with anybody else. Like you have yeah. to respect their opinions, their perspective, their ideas, their likes and dislikes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and if they're really passionate about something, like give it a second chance. Like don't yeah. feel like don't just like dismiss them and move on because that does create resentment um, with with anybody. I mean, that's just normal human stuff yeah yeah so um you know just try to think of it as a relationship when you're writing songs with somebody so be open to their ideas but also don't be afraid to like experiment yourself like Mm -hmm. if they pose an idea even if you hate it at first just kind of go down the trail for a minute um and just see what happens and if you're like i don't still like i don't know like this is getting kind of weird this is not where i thought it would be saying it like that I mean, it depends on the person, but like, I wouldn't get offended by that. I mean, right. like, okay, yeah. I mean, I could see that. It's, it got totally in a different direction than I was moving. And I've been told that several times, um, writing with other people. Yeah, it's, it's like, just part of the process. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, ooh, what if we went to like this diminished chord? And they were like, mm, I wasn't really planning on getting that weird, you know? <laughs> I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, yeah. I respect that. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't, is there anything else that you want to add to that? Um, even even if it's just collaboration, like just being open-minded? I mean, yeah, I think the key is being open-minded, being kind, um, being uh, receptive and, well, that's open-minded, you know, and um, and being honest, actually, I guess is, is the other thing. Like if you're, if you're really not vibing with something, like don't just say, yeah, that's fine, you know, just to make somebody else happy because if it is a collaboration, then... It's as you said, it's like a relationship. It's like having a, a kid, you know, it's like a little mini kid that doesn't need to be fed or taken care of <laughs> in that way. But, you know, it's like it's something you both contributed toward and something you both care about. So, like, you know, you should definitely not like hide your feelings, but, yeah. you know, do it respectfully. I think it matters too. Like, if it's been mostly the other person's idea, like they do, in my opinion, kind of get more of a say. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it was their song that they brought to the table. Yes. Um, you know, you can't just like be like, well, I don't like this part. And like, this is garbage, you know, mm-hmm. um, you, you do have to kind of like songs are like extensions of your personality. And I mean, they're your creations. So yeah. people do get like really emotionally attached to them, rightfully so. So, you know, just enter it with an open mind, stay, stay open and experimental, um, but, you know, respect is, I guess, what I'm trying to yeah, say. Like, yeah, respect yeah, yeah, the other yeah. person. Um, and but even when you're writing alone, like, just kind of, like, respect the process. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, definitely. Respect the process, um, for sure. I mean, that's, like, you know, probably it, the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, and it may change, you know, even if you're writing by yourself. Like, 
three months later, you may listen back to it or like look back at it and be like, eh, I'm going to change this one thing. Yeah. Which is fine. It's totally like, fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, uh, you, you uh, mentioning, you know, talking about the, um, the collaboration thing and, and, um, uh, communicating as well, like communicating your, your feelings on mm -hmm. something. And then, you, you know, mentioning that if it's somebody else's origin idea that, you know, you kind of have to offer that respect of like, Hey, it is their song, you know? Um, I think if you're going to offer a criticism to anything, like be ready to explain it. Because one thing that I really dislike in songwriting sessions um, is when somebody says they don't like something and then, you know, you ask, well, okay, well, what, what do you not like? No, I don't know. I just don't like it. Yeah. Like that's all right. Well, that's not enough. Like I get, like, I'm not saying it's not a valid point because sometimes I just don't like something as well, you know, but I try to examine it and like figure it out, you know, is it me or... Or is there really something that's that's not working, you know, because sometimes it can just be maybe your taste isn't used to it, you know, like um, a quick side thing, you know, I, I remember um, when I was younger and um, you had like in high school, you had like the hardcore like rock and metal kids and then you had like the hardcore like hip hop kids and they would always be like, man, like, you know, the other's genre is terrible. But then like if you listen to them. Like if you listen to like heavy metal, like breakdowns are just like trap beats. Yeah, like, totally. And and you know, there's not a lot of singing vocals and and like hardcore metal. It's screaming, and yeah. screaming is just a really loud like version of rapping. Totally, <laughs> Almost, yeah. Know? Especially when you like, get into like Attila, that is yeah, scream rapping. It is, yeah, like, exactly. Ah. So, um, <laughs> so you know, like you may think that you don't like something. But then realize like there's actually so much commonality between the thing you really like and the thing you think you don't like that what you really need to do is take the time to examine the aspects that you do like about it and take that and, you know, put it into yeah. your music or whatever. I mean, I think it kind of boils down kind of like I was saying, like, think of it as a relationship, mm -hmm. like work on your communication skills. Yeah. Because um, how you communicate an idea can immediately make somebody receptive to that idea or dismissive of that idea. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, work on how you say things. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. And that's, you know, it, <laughs> and I promise in that process, you're going to communicate lyrics and everything better because mm -hmm. um, you're just going to be more introspective and yeah. reflective. And yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave us a review and connect with us more on Instagram and TikTok at SDD Podcast. Each episode is also available in video format on YouTube. And don't forget, have fun, don't do too much, and it's going to happen. Sex, drugs, and disappointment. Sex, drugs, and disappointment.